T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers. It's good news for all Americans who owe back taxes to the IRS or state and struggling to pay them back. The IRS is now making it easier to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Due to the financial hardship many are facing in this current economic downturn, qualifying for this program will settle your delinquent tax problem, end all collections, and may even reduce your back taxes by up to 99%. For this free information, and to see if you qualify, call the hotline at the Tax Hardship Center by dialing 800-411-6406. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes and cannot afford to pay them, there's no need to worry. You may now qualify to settle your delinquent tax problem and save thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-411-6406. 800-411-6406. That's 800-411-6406. Red Friday is brought to you throughout the season by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City. Blue KC, here for good. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio from the Max Motor Studios. Hey, Kansas City, it's Travis Kelsey. Don't miss my brother Patrick Mahomes and CDOT every Monday at 2.15 right here on 610 Sports Radio. See you guys on Sunday. KCSB Kansas City, WDAFHD2 Liberty, always live on the free Odyssey app. Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney. Uh, that's right, that's right. It's that time of the week. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride always joins us at this time. Apparently got on the phone, heard I was hosting, decided to hang up, and uh, it sounds like we have efforted him to get back on the horn. Peter Giuseppe Sweeney joins us now on Cody and Gold. Hello, Pete. Pete, are you with us? Did he drop again? Well, you know, it's that time of the month. It's the end of the month. And, you know, if you get those, I would just, this is a learning lesson for everybody out there. If you get those, uh, if you get those delinquent payment notices from your cell phone provider, you should pay attention to those because sometimes, you know, the disconnect fees can be, you know, pretty pricey. So make sure you're paying your phone bills. I know Christmas shopping Maybe you overdid it a little bit. You didn't account for the fact that you, you always spend a little bit of extra money in the month of December. See, why don't you try and put them on in there and see if that helps better. Peter Giuseppe Sweeney, how are you doing, Pete? Hey, how's it going? You got me now? I got you. You got me? I got you. I was a little hesitant to 
to be joining a wild horse eater on this Friday, but I'm, I'm going to okay. take one for the team here. Okay, so what Pete is referencing is he, he asked me uh, earlier this week how my trip to Europe was, and I said, it was cool, I ate horse. And he, he, called, he said I was a sick he said I was a sick person for, for doing that. And I reminded him that eating horse is, is part of the culture in Austria, okay? Sure. There was a war, and then, and then like, they started driving cars, and they had all these horses, and they had to do something with them. So they started sure. eating them. And uh, I won't be going back for seconds on the horse, so I just want to get that Good out there. to know open. that it was a, a one-time thing for you. Yeah, it is. So uh, I appreciate you uh, bringing that to the air. It was a little private show for you, but uh, I guess we're, uh, we're airing out those here. On a Friday. It's fun. We're having fun, right? Uh, hey, Jarek McKinnon, man. I know you wrote about him on Arrowhead Pride. This guy is once again having this late season surge. This time he's doing it about a month earlier than he did last year. He is leading all running backs in receiving touchdowns this year. He is seventh in the NFL amongst all players in yards after the catch. And he's doing it all on a veteran minimum deal. Is he the best value on the Chiefs roster? I think so. I think so. I think he's the spark plug right now for the offense, which is wild to say about a 30-year-old. You talk about late-age breakouts. It's sort of reminding me of this two-year stretch of what Atlanta sort of found in, in Corderell Patterson, where just all of a sudden this has become a player that you're actually counting touches for. And you're right, he's on a minimum deal, and Chiefs were, were good to bring him back. And I, I just think there's just so much good that happens when he has the ball in his hands. It's almost like you're counting at the end of the game. Did he get his 12 to 15 touches? Because it just seems like he's undeniable right now. Yeah, and, and what he's done, especially with McColl being out, I feel like is he's sort of this horizontal field stretcher, right? You've got very specific roles that guys are filling in the Chiefs passing game, and that's been fun to sort of watch that evolve over the course of the year and figuring out exactly what everybody does. McColl now... Felt like early in the week it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to play. Andy Reid said on Wednesday, barring any setbacks, he was going to play. Then all of a sudden yesterday at the open media portion of practice, McColl wasn't spotted. Are we to just assume that that means there was indeed a setback with McColl and him coming back from that abdomen issue? I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, we got to see, A, did he end up making his way out to practice a lot of times? We just get the brief portion, and sometimes they come out a little later. The Chiefs don't need to put him on the injury report. That's an NFL technicality where they're not necessarily putting injured reserve guys on the injury report, so we get no official update when when it comes to that. I think the Chiefs are being really careful with McColl. I, I think similar to what they did to Kadarius Tony, it's a different situation with his abdomen, but they just want to make sure that he feels truly like himself before they throw him back into the mix because the worst thing that you'd want is to kind of set pack there. You're going to want McColl and really – all your skill position players ahead of, of the, the postseason. And we're going to go out here about I guess, 30 or so minutes where we'll, we'll get another look and we'll see if he's out there. It could be just a, a day off and, and a part of the process here. He had practiced for what was seven straight practices. So we'll see what, what it means for today. And then we'll get Andy Reid at one o'clock. How would you describe his importance to this offense if they want to make a postseason run? You know, I don't think you need him to, to win what would be like a first round matchup, like say you're in a wild card game. I, I think you'll be able to handle that. I, I think it's when you get to Buffalo and Cincinnati and we'll see if there's a, a dark horse team in there. I think you're going to want to have all your weapons. And when Andy Reid has all his weapons and he has the ability to put Hardman and Tony on the field at the same time, man, that, that's tough for a defense to figure out, especially when you have Travis Kelsey, who's Mr. Reliable. You have Juju Smith-Schuster and 
of course, this running game that we're talking about with Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. So I, I think the importance that get, gets to, you know, when there's, there's four teams left, maybe the divisional rounds in, in the AFC, I, I think you're going to want to have every edge. Yeah, it just seems like what we've talked about and lauded the Chiefs' offense for all season long, and, and Patrick Mahomes even talked about this on Wednesday when he compared kind of last year and how it was every drop back, Travis Tyreek, Travis Tyreek, to now all of a sudden going through progressions a little bit more and, and feeling like you're doing the things that you know the elite quarterbacks, the, the great quarterbacks have always done, which is not play favorites and kind of go across the field. That, to me, is where McColl comes in. It's not about him specifically as much as it is the Chiefs' strength has been their uh, multiplicity, right? Their ability to do so many different things and beat you in so many different ways. And that's sort of been part of the evolution of, of Mahomes that you take one of those pieces out there, it just, you know, drops you down a couple percentage points and and what you can do and how many different ways you can beat opposing defenses. Yeah, and I, I just think it adds to the dynamic of keeping teams honest and, and not being able to constantly drop eight or, or drop seven just in the sense that, you have McColl and Tony in the backfield, and, and sometimes they do get a pop pass. Sometimes they do get an end around. But sometimes they're decoys, and they bring defenders closer to the line of scrimmage because they think, that, okay, there, there could be an end around situation here, and it's just a very dangerous prospect. Similar to McKinnon, in a way. When he's in the game on, on third down, hard to just ignore him and, and drop everybody you know, back in, in the secondary. you, you got to get to McKinnon because if he gets the ball with any kind of space, it, it seems like he's able to get to the first down marker. So, Man, it, it's just it's just a matter of having every possible weapon available to you, and and I think that's where McColl comes into play. I mean, I I don't know if McColl Hardman is the difference between a Super Bowl or not, but I think you just definitely feel better when you have 100% of your weapons that you thought you'd have. Pete Sweeney with us here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, who had a worse year in 2022, the Las Vegas Raiders or the Denver Broncos? <laughs> well, I I gotta think it's it's Denver and. That's only because they're locked into their quarterback. The Raiders have looked themselves in the mirror and been honest with themselves about what they have at the quarterback position and have found a way to, in a way, get out of it. You know, they're not committing to Derek Carr for next year. I, I think that's been the right decision for a long time. They've just been hesitant to make it. You'll see, I guess, what ends up happening with Devontae Adams. It does feel like there's going to be a clear switch happening at the Raiders quarterback position next year, whereas Denver – is just in a situation where they have to make Russ work. And I just don't know if that's possible at this stage. I mean, you could bring in Sean Payton, Eric Bieniemy, You could bring in a former coach that we see on, on Sundays, like Tony Dungy or Bill Cowher. I, I just don't know if, if the greatest of head coaches that are maybe available out there can fix Russ Wilson. So I'd go Denver just because I, I feel like it's a foregone conclusion right now that 2023 is going to be a repeat of 2022 for them. Whereas at least you don't know with the Raiders, at least there's like a hidden door there. It's just so crazy. Like the Raiders, yeah, the Raiders aren't locked into their quarterback, but they are somewhat locked into Josh McDaniels, which probably not as bad as, you know, paying a guy $165 million guaranteed. And then knowing that you can't get out from under that. But I just look at the AFC West, man, this past off season, five of the 18 biggest contracts went to players in the AFC West. And what do they have to show for it? Meanwhile, the Chiefs, we talked about this all offseason, right? As everybody else were, were going on these spending sprees, the Chiefs kind of sat back, made a couple of, you know, nice little additions here and there, but they weren't handing out those big contracts. Does it almost make it more impressive now looking, knowing that the AFC West, not just over with two weeks to go, but the Chiefs are finishing the season against one team that just fired their head coach and one team that just dismissed their quarterback and knowing that there is such this of an anticlimactic feeling 
for uh, for Kansas City here at the end of the regular? Yeah, I just think it's something to remember in March and, and April and when the team maybe isn't making those splashy moves and everyone has their hands in the air and, and is asking, well, how are we getting better? And really, they, the Chiefs were right to, to stand pat. I, I think they looked at it more as a transition for, year for them in general. Like maybe they weren't going to necessarily win the division, but at least they would be competitive and you never know when you have Patrick Mahomes and it's turned into man on the brink here of potentially putting the pressure on the bills on Monday night of getting that one seed back. And so that's a credit to Patrick Mahomes. He's had the, for me, the, the definite MVP season. I, I hope it doesn't get mucked up in, in the voting here. I mean, the chiefs are where they are because of Patrick Mahomes and who he is. And I, I think this was a special year in the trajectory of his career because you, you saw that he can do it with a new cast. Uh, this was a, a, a situation where you got rid of the, one of the best receivers in the NFL and Tyree kill and yet you're still right here on the doorstep of locking down home field again. And I, I just think that's the ultimate trump card. It's Patrick Mahomes. Do you think it's over, or do you still think there's work to be? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Because we know with the Bills and the Bengals getting together on Monday night, whoever ends up winning that game, whichever quarterback plays better Tuesday morning, the narrative's going to shift a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I, as long as Mahomes stays healthy, I think if he gets to that 40 touchdowns, 5,000 yard threshold, it's just going to be hard to deny him the MVP. And with two games to play, and what we're looking at is probably two games to play and, and have things to play for, he's going to get there. And I think once you reach, reach that point, even if Joe Burrow does find a way to, to beat the Bills at home, I just I have a hard time believing they're going to deny Patrick Mahomes with those, those stats this year. And and especially if the Chiefs are the number one seed. You mentioned earlier uh, with the Broncos looking for a head coach this offseason, there was a report from ESPN yesterday that um, Eric Bieniemy is expected to be interviewed this time around again, I guess I should say, with Denver, and that yeah. his name, maybe more so than a year ago, is sort of creeping up in this coaching carousel. I feel like I'm, I've been snake bitten a little bit here because I've, I've got, I've convinced myself before that the enemy was going to get hired. This will be the off season. This will be the off season. And then it didn't happen. Last year was a relatively quiet one. I guess my first question, cause I have two questions here, but my first one is why now? Like why now 
should we expect that this would be the year when there have been multiple opportunities and several reasons to believe it would have happened in the past? Well, this is something we asked him about yesterday where the league has been really proactive in making sure that he's been able to chat with owners and such in a, in a casual setting. Not to say that that's going to be the end-all, be-all in the difference, but I think there's a, a good chance that, that we do see the enemy get a job. I personally can't see Denver. I, I think Denver and their ownership, and this is new ownership, so I mean you don't know for sure, but I just tend to think they're going to want to find the equivalent of like an Andy Reid quarterback whisperer to try to figure out how to make sure that Russell Wilson is not completely dead and done. I don't, like I said, I don't know if that's a task that's possible, uh, but I just don't think that's in the cards for the enemy. But, you know, we know how this works. Uh, they call it Black Monday, unfortunately, and, you know, it's not just going to be the three jobs. I think by the end of this, it'll be about six, seven, eight. And, you know, I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for the enemy, but I just I don't think it's going to be in Denver for him. So, okay, so my second, do you think Eric Bieniemy will be a head coach in the NFL at some point? I tend to think the answer to that is yes. I just, it's, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around when. Yeah, I just, I look at this offseason and I wonder with these coaching vacancies, like this is not an attractive season. And I, you could probably say that in other years, but Carolina is just not a destination job. Indianapolis, maybe you could convince yourself that when you got some draft capital, the Broncos are, is probably the worst one, even though the brand is there. So I, I still would think that if like, the enemy is not in a position where he could turn down an offer, right? Like you take whatever you can get at this point. I don't know about Denver. I mean, I'm really, just, I don't know. You know, I just, I just think it's such a bad situation with Russ. And I just don't think that he is fixable. I just, I think, you know, not to be punny here, but I, I kind of just think he's cooked. Like, I think it. Hey, but you I are being, we, but that's the thing, man. You are being punny. And I think you do no, mean to be to, punny. No, I just said not to be yeah, punny, but, but I, I feel like Russ is cooked. <laughs> and I got and it. So, so, yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd take the Denver job. I, I know he has Colorado roots, of course, going to Colorado, but it just seems like you're in a lose-lose situation. And especially in the enemy's case with the row that he has had with all these interviews and, he may only get one chance. Like some guy, sometimes guys, they fail, and then they get another opportunity down the road. I just don't – I think the enemy has to be really careful about when he takes the plunge. I, I'll tell you this. I, I think he's not with Kansas City next year. I don't know if that's in a head coaching position. Okay. That's an interesting little nugget. Uh, before I let you go, do you have any plans for New Year's Eve? Well, we have a regular work day on Sunday, so just going to a friend's house and uh, going to try to – Try to be in, in bed by 1 a.m. sharp because uh, we're, wow. we're rocking and rolling with the Denver Broncos at noon. All right, guys, you heard it here first. Not a late night New Year's Eve for Pete Sweeney. Pete, thank you, as always, for the time, sir. Yep, no problem. See you guys. All right, that is Pete, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Uh, you know, we were talking there about Eric Bieniemy potentially getting his, his shot, and he said at the end there that he does not expect him to be back with Kansas City next year, which – Makes sense. Like, I don't know exactly where he would be, but when you're Andy Reid, you want to see this train continue to keep chugging along with offensive coordinators getting chances elsewhere. Like when Doug Peterson gets a job with the Eagles, Matt Nagy moves up. Or excuse me, it was Nagy first, then Doug Peterson. Eric Bieniemy, you expect to be one year, two year, find the right fit, go and do the same thing. Mike Kafka then was supposed to take over, but then that's what happened is Mike Kafka knew I can't just sit here 
and continue to sit as the quarterback coach when I know I'm being held back. Like that's going to kick my timeline down the road a year or two. And most guys just aren't willing to do that. When you're Andy, you want to see guys move on. Even if you love them and you think that they're God's gift to football, you've got to keep that train moving along. Otherwise, the next Eric Bieniemy or Mike Kafka aren't going to want to come and sit if they look at a guy who's in that seat and say, he's just never going to leave. If that guy's not going to leave, why do I want to be the quarterback coach knowing that I'm never going to get the opportunity to be the offensive coordinator here? So I would imagine Bieniemy would probably want the same because if he thinks that being in Kansas City under Andy Reid or coaching Patrick Mahomes are what's keeping him from getting that position. And if five years have passed now and you're still not getting those opportunities, like you've got to try something else, even though you know it won't be as good, even though you're not going to be playing with as much firepower as you are with the Chiefs. If this isn't working, at some point you just have to go and try something else. Well, even if that means being going and being an offensive coordinator for a lesser team. I mean, I would say if you're Eric Bieniemy and you don't get a head coaching job at the NFL level, find one at the collegiate level, work your way up there. Cause maybe that's the Avenue for him. Like I, I know like they're like the way that he talks and you know, you, you hear him use a lot of cliches and whatnot, but the way he talks is kind of like a college coach. Anyways, yeah. you listen to him and he's, he's the kind of raw, raw guy a little bit. And I feel like when every time I hear him talk like that, it's like he kind of feels like a college coach. Who, who was it yesterday? I, was it somebody who described compared him to Dan Campbell? Like that's kind of Dan Campbell's. Yeah, Dan Campbell's kind of like Dan Campbell is is very much a college like coach. He's gonna fire you up. Yeah, because at the NFL level, you don't really need that as much. You need someone who's more of the the strategist type, CEO. Yeah, right? you need the guy who's the boss. But like at the collegiate level, because you're having to appeal to a younger demographic. Like, I, I feel like the raw, raw guys usually are there. The only raw, raw guy in the NFL besides Dan Campbell is Pete Carroll. That's it. And, like, even he's kind of tamed that down a bit since he's gone to Seattle because it that stuff doesn't always work. So, if EB doesn't get a head coaching job this coming off season, I think he should really look at college. Like go, I guarantee you there's a lot of places that would love to have a guy like him. Who's just been around greatness. Yeah. Like he's been. Yeah. I mean, people have been advocating for that for years. And at some point, if you continue to not get those opportunities, I mean, college, I mean, he deserves a job more than cliff Kingsbury does I mean, way more than cliff does. I mean, that cliff got might, a head coaching job, yeah. even though he did nothing. And that, at Texas guy, Tech. And that dude might survive another year. He might, he, I, I kind of feel like he will. He might get fired like middle of next He's season. Like the most unfireable guy on the planet. I know. Like, I know. He just sticks around. You know, I heard this though. I've heard this before. Like I had a buddy who started a business a couple of years ago and he, and he told me, he's like, sometimes we will just like, if we're in between, if there's two candidates that are equal, we'll just take the more attractive one. And I was like, why? And he goes, because it's a sales position and it's harder to say no to attractive people. It's like a scientific fact. So maybe that's just the problem with Cliff Kingsbury. He's so attractive. The he's, GM owners are like, well, dude. he's a good looking guy. He's, Every time he's a good looking dude. We've tried to fire him three times and then we get him in the office. He just and gives we're us like, the yeah. sweet eyes. We're like, all right, you know what? He Never mind. A, he gives us that look and yeah. we just can't say no. And yeah. like, oh, come on, Cliff. Just get, do better this year. Maybe that's it, man. Yeah, there might be some science. He need to use that. those sweet eyes with Kyler Murray because <laughs> apparently <laughs> him and Kyler Murray's relationship ain't very good. Yeah. And he got it. He got to do something to fix it. That charm ain't working on number one. All right. You just heard Pete talk about it. 
Mahomes MVP argument is the race for MVP over. I think there's one thing, one specific thing that gives Mahomes a massive edge over all the other candidates. I'll tell you what it is next in the Chiefs Red Half Hour. He's Chris Onocero. I'm Nick Schwartz. You're listening to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. This is Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gann Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gann Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload a football <laughs> tweet. First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold. Every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs. 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs Red Half Hour brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day. It's a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. Rob Collins of Fox 4 Kansas City going to join us in studio at 1 o'clock. Also a television superstar, Dusty Likens, who was on Fox 4. He's not a a superstar yet, but he made his debut today, and he's going to get there. Yeah, I think that was his, like, that was the debut, and you can just always tell, like, in LeBron's debut, you're like, this guy's going to be special. That's how I felt watching Dusty out there from 9 to 10 a.m. You felt some some play something special. I was in your like, heart "This there. is different." This is it. I was like, "This is different, man. This just <laughs> it was, looks different." It's it like, yeah, when we watched when we watched uh, uh, LeBron play at St. Vincent St. Mary yeah. on ESPN. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what the I high like. school showcase. I, like, I'll always remember where I was the first time I saw him. That's how I'm gonna feel about that this morning. He got the, the he did get the fresh fade before he went on he the did. air. He, he did. Made sure, <laughs> he made sure his barber got him right before he yeah. came out there. Yeah, he did. Looking good. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. Yeah. Dusty Likens will be hosting the drive this afternoon from uh, from two to six. I am Nick Schwartz. He's Chris Unocero. I want to get your opinion on this on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line nine one three five eight six seven six ten. No, is Dusty him? Yeah, Dusty is him, and he has that dog in him. Uh, no, the question I have for you is: Who had a worse two thousand twenty two? The Denver Broncos or the Las Vegas Raiders? Now I know who's having a worse season. I mean, come I, I, on, come no, 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 listen, listen. <laughs> I know on, who's man. having a worse season. I'm come saying on. who had a worse year? Okay, <laughs> because. The Las Vegas Raiders were not the dumpster fire that the Broncos were last year. The Raiders went 10 and 7. The Raiders went 10 and 7, went out, signed Devontae Adams, objectively a top three receiver in the NFL, and got worse somehow. Max Crosby having an incredible season. Defense still bottom five in the NFL. I'm not saying it's not the Broncos. I'm just saying it's not as bad. It's not as big of a difference between those two organizations as you think it is. Are you, are you sure? I mean, all right. Tell me why. Uh, tell me why. I just looked this up because I couldn't remember all the details. Let's so the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson and, uh, 
and uh, Albert. I wouldn't know what it was. Albert. It was whoever, whoever their uh, their other tight. And they end traded. Was there. Yeah, Noah Fant. They, yeah. yeah, they 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 traded Drew Locke and Noah Fant, which you know that's fine. You get rid of those guys; they mm-hmm. weren't doing much. But just from a that was those were players. Just for draft capital standpoint, two first round picks, two second round picks, and a fifth round pick, and then additionally. They paid the, the quarterback that they traded for. They traded two ones and two twos for. They traded him. A, they paid him a quarter billion dollars. Making a lot of great points. And they have the worst offense in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> they yeah. are. They're. They. They are going. They. They would have the first round. They a top five pick in the first round if they had their pick. But they traded it to the Seahawks, and the Seahawks got better without the guy that they traded. Yeah. Yeah. To them. yeah okay. Uh, listen, you're they not got wrong. Better they when they traded him. The Seahawks are 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 on the outside, just barely on the outside, looking in on the playoffs. They still have a chance to make the playoffs. The Broncos are not going to have what would be a top five pick if they had their first round pick. Maybe, maybe like three or two. Yeah. Like they could have the second overall. pick. But, but here's the difference is the, the Broncos were bad last year and just stayed bad. Like they went out and spent a lot of money, but they stayed bad. They were about the level of what the Raiders are now. But the Raiders were a good. The Raiders were a playoff team last year, man. They were barely in the playoffs. The Ra- okay, they, <laughs> they were barely. They didn't make playoffs it. Playoffs. They didn't make it until week eighteen, and they had to get a win on the road. If they would have lost that game, they would not have made the playoffs. So, like the only way they make the playoffs is if they win or tie that game against the Chargers. They won, so that's how they got in. But it was very much a game where if they would have lost, they would not have made the playoffs. Oh, actually, you missed something. The text line's reminding us. You missed something with the Broncos from the 816. The Broncos quarterback had to beg for sex on national television, asking his wife if they could have another baby. Yes. You forgot about that. That I happened, forgot about that. I forgot that about happened that this year as well. I forgot about that part. And honestly, and- that might be worse than anything else you mentioned. And then they also had to fire the head coach that they just hired. They just hired that head coach and they had to fire him before the season was done because the, the, the look of keeping that guy around was so bad. And we knew it was going to be bad after week one, when he decided with three timeouts and over 90 seconds left on the clock that he was going to try a 64 yard field goal instead of trying to drive the, the offense down the field as much as possible to win the game. Nathaniel Hackett, by the way, is the best current piece of evidence that simply being and I don't even know how much like he was in control of the Packers offense, right? As far as we know, he did not call plays. But simply being like this hot up and coming play caller, offensive mind, does not mean you're a good head coach. Right. Lots of good play callers in the NFL. That doesn't mean they can run a team. And that was so evident. Like I don't even know anything about him as a play caller and what he does offensively. What I do know is he had no control over that franchise. In the three months that he was leading it, he had to hire a game management coach. That's the guy who's their coach the now. First week of the season, that they had to hire Jer- a game management coach. Jerry Rossberg. <laughs> yeah, he is their coach now. He is their interim head coach now. He was hired to he was hired to do the, the head coach's job for him because the head coach couldn't handle that one function of his job during during the game. You cannot like I I understand like the Raiders had probably a little bit higher expectations and they, they look like they've fallen a bit, but like 
There's the Broncos have had an all time bad year for a franchise. I mean, this the meltdown that the Broncos well, and they have got had sold. This year. They got sold. They got sold. Which that happens, you know. Yeah, that, but like, the, but now you've got you know the Walmart family coming in and being like, wait a minute, we paid four billion dollars for this. <laughs> that's uh, why. That's why they're like, hey, you better you better get rid of Hackett's ass. Well, they always say like the, the best purchase you could make would be an NFL team because all they do is continue to make more money. But like this might be the one. <laughs> this might be the one piece of evidence to say I don't know. I don't know if they're. If it's always a good idea. Listen, to twenty years from now, thirty years from now, if they sell that team. I mean, Wilson triple their money. Probably has the he has the worst contract in NFL history, and it would take another quarterback. No, he doesn't at, that, at that level. I said this yesterday. We debated this yesterday. I think Deshaun Watson's quarterback will uh, his contract will go down as the worst in history. We'll see, but like two hundred and forty million guaranteed. And right now, I get it. He hasn't played football in two years. He looks like a bottom five quarterback. Yeah, but we've seen we've seen more Russell Wilson at least now. So I think now we could say that it's the worst. We'll see what happens. Maybe if next year, if Deshaun Watson and the, and the Browns are still bad, I I would agree with you there. But right now, it's it's Russell. Wilson. Okay, so let's. Okay, you you might be right, but okay. So they gave one hundred and sixty five million dollars guaranteed to Russ. The Raiders gave sixty five million guaranteed to Devontae Adams. They gave $65 million guaranteed to Derek Carr, and they gave $53 million guaranteed to Max Crosby. That's $183 million guaranteed to three players, and one of them you're already cutting ties with. I mean, Devontae's had a good year. Crosby's had a good year. Devontae's had a good year, but what are you going to have to show for it if he asks for a trade in the offseason, which could happen, by the way? Yeah, I, I kind of doubt that, but certainly he it's possible. He came there to play it's with possible. Derek Carr. It's I mean, possible. right? Yeah, I mean it's possible. I to me though it's like still you're you paid a quarterback a quarter billion dollars and you've gotten you have the worst offense. And you're stuck with him for like 4 years. Yeah, I mean they could they could if they wanted to cut him this year, they'd have to eat like a hundred million dollars over the next 2 years. They could get rid of him after this season, but he would take up like almost 30% of their cap over the next two years. It's gross. So you really can't do that. Like they're stuck with him at least for the next two years. I, I think honestly, I, my answer to the question, the question was who had a worse 2022, the Raiders or the Broncos. I think my answer is the Broncos ultimately, but I, that's what's been, you know what? And here is actually why that's the answer is because their season has been so bad that it's not even allowed us enough adequate time to talk about how bad it's been in Vegas. Any other year, Chris, we would be talking about what a disaster the last year has been. Like, they can't get out from under their coach. Like, I, I mean, the, the Broncos can't get out from under the quarterback, and he's much more expensive, but we know how, how easily teams move on from coaches. They can't move on from Josh McDaniels. That's why Derek Carr is being forced to fall on the sword. And, they can, I mean, they can save a lot of money by getting rid of him, but any other year we'd be talking about how big of a disaster Josh McDaniels has been in Vegas, but because Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson have been so bad, that has sort of been swept under the rug. I want to pull up, I want to find here the, the updated MVP odds because Patrick Mahomes is still the favorite by a pretty wide margin. He is at minus 500 burrow is second at 600 and then Josh Allen and Jalen hurts are both tied at 1100 or plus 1100. So that is the four. Those are the four guys. That is the field of players who could realistically win MVP. 
And I know what will happen is on Monday night, whichever quarterback, assuming assuming one of those, like they both don't play poorly and it's just like a weird sort of slug it out game, assuming that one of those guys wins and plays well in the process, Tuesday the narrative train's going to get rolling and they're going to start saying, well, you know what, should this guy be the MVP? I mean, look, because at that point, those are the two hottest teams in the NFL right now. They both beat the Chiefs. And if, let's say, Joe Burrow wins against Buffalo, throws three touchdowns, they're going to say, are we sure Joe Burrow shouldn't be the MVP, even though statistically Mahomes is going to have the edge? He'll be coming off a game against Denver that nobody's going to watch. So even if he has a great statistical game, it's not going to catch your attention. And we know how much of this stuff is narrative-based. The odds are still heavily in Mahomes' favor, and they should be, but I wouldn't be shocked even if he plays, plays well on Sunday one of those guys will close the gap a little bit. And Burrow's already closer, so like if he wins and has a big game, wouldn't shock me to see him go from you know plus 600 to plus 350, and then Mahomes go from minus 500 to minus 350. It's still a pretty wide margin with one week to go, so it doesn't really matter at this point, I don't think, but we know how this goes. This happens all the time, and the fact that those guys' names are still being tossed around and have a marquee matchup to end the year, it, it wouldn't shock me. The only way I think that Burrow overtakes Mahomes is if the Chiefs lose a game and the, and the Bengals win out, which would give them first place. That's the only way. Yeah. 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 That would be shocking, but yeah. you're probably right. That that's, would be the scenario where probably it the only way it happens. The reason like, and I know that there are people, here's the thing in Kansas city, we're talking all week about how it's completely over. There shouldn't even be a conversation, but everywhere else, like in Cincinnati, and Buffalo, they're trying to find ways to poke holes in Mahomes' resume, saying all the close games that the Chiefs have had, the nail-biters, some of his their biggest wins have come against lesser games. Like, right, they haven't blown out a lot of big teams. They lost to the two best teams you play. You can poke holes in everybody's arguments if you want to do that. But here is why Mahomes has a trump card over any of those guys. It's who he is getting the production from. Right now, with two games to play, and it's tough to compare it to other seasons because you get the extra game 4,700 yards, 37 touchdowns. He's going to finish with 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns this year. Both of which will likely be most in the NFL. When you go and just look at the, the production of where it's coming from, it makes it that much more impressive. Like, yes, Travis Kelsey carrying the lion's share of the load. He's got 2,700 yards. He's got 97 receptions, 12 touchdowns. We know who Travis Kelsey is. Juju missed a game, came back, wasn't really productive for the first couple games coming back from the concussion. Second leading receiver, 877 yards. Jarek McKinnon is third on the team in receptions, Chris third on the team in receptions, fourth on the team in receiving yards, and he hasn't even been like a featured back. Most of this production has come over the last month of the year. MVS, who has been so like boom or bust, there are games when you don't even notice him out there. He's third on the team in receiving yards, 632 yards in a season where I wouldn't even say like MVS has exceeded my expectations. He's been exactly who he was in Green Bay, and he has been exactly who I thought we were going to get when the Chiefs signed him. Yeah, I, I I think that it makes what Mahomes is doing even more impressive. McColl is fifth on the team in receiving yards. He hasn't played he hasn't a month played, and a half. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's amazing that, like, and, and I talked about this with Dusty on Wednesday night. Every quarterback in the league at some point has, like, a regression in the talent around them. 
So like a lot of times you'll you'll like hit your stride with this great group of of uh, weapons on your offense. And then at some point guys get older or teams just don't want to pay that guy anymore. They leave. And then generally there's like a hiccup as far as that talent is concerned. And a lot of quarterbacks have a hard time adjusting to it. We've seen it in Green Bay this year with Aaron Rodgers where he loses Devontae Adams and they struggled in the first half of the season to try to find a reliable target. They seem to kind of have one in Christian Watson, but he can't stay healthy. But like for most of the early part of the season, they were struggling to find anybody that could reliably run routes, catch passes and, and be difference makers in the passing game. And, you know, we've seen it with, with Tom Brady in, in, uh, in New England where, you know, towards the end of his time there, I mean, their top receiver was like Nikhil Harry. Yeah. He, I mean, they had all these other options for receivers they could have taken and they took Nikhil Harry and he's not even on the team anymore. So like a lot of teams don't do a very good job of supplying uh, talent around their quarterbacks consistently. And this year, this was supposed to be the year that there was supposed to be a downturn in production for the Chiefs offense because you lost Tyreek Hill, your best wide receiver. Patrick Mahomes right now is having probably the second best season of his career statistically. And he's doing it with less talent than he had when he had his first, his number one greatest season, which was his rookie year. I mean, think about that. Think about the, the this is his second best season with the, the least amount of talent that he's had. At just receiver, the guy who is the best chance of competing with him for this MVP race is Joe Burrow, right? Juju Smith-Schuster, your team's number one wide receiver, would be the three in Cincinnati. Maybe the four, because Boyd's really good. Boyd too. is one of the mo- has been one of the very most underrated. underrated. Very a, underrated. They're different receivers. He's a slot receiver, and he's very good. But <laughs> Tyler Boyd, to your point, as the number three has 53 catches for 711 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, uh, any team would take that as their slot receiver. Are you kidding me? Any team would take that. I mean, T. Higgins. T. McCole's H- never done that with the Chiefs. Make no mistake. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins would be number one and number two on, on this team in terms of receivers. Dude, I, I just told you the Chiefs, like, it goes Kelsey, Sh- Juju, MVS, Jarek, McColl. Those are your top five receivers, despite the fact that McColl's played eight games compared to everybody else playing 15. Do you have any idea who's sixth on the team in receiving yards? Justin Watson? Noah Gray. Noah, <laughs> Noah, <laughs> Noah Gray is sixth love, on the team in receiving Noah yards. Noah Gray. <laughs> and that's the thing. None of these guys, Noah, Justin Watson, Sky Moore, Pacheco, Fortson, none of these guys are having, like, super productive seasons. But they're all weapons that have been utilized, and they've all had their moments. Like even Tony, what was it? The Jaguars game where he had, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. had like four catches. I think it was for like almost 90 yards, yeah, like 90 and yards and a touchdown and six touches. Like they've all had their moments. Justin Watson, the chargers game back in week three had his moment. Like when you make a big catch late in the game to get a touchdown, everybody has had a game or a moment. It's not about that week in and week out. They're all producing. It's not about every Sunday. There's eight guys who are all putting up numbers. It's the situational stuff week in week out. This guy's has his week. This guy will have his stretch. They've all had them. 
And there's no other team that has that depth. And I'll be honest with you, man. I got to eat a little crow because I talked about early in the year, like I wasn't sure how important depth was. Like you need top-end talent because you see what some of these other teams have. With Andy Reid as your play caller and Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, you got Travis Kelsey as maybe the best security blanket in the NFL. I'm not sure you do need that top-end talent. Maybe some other teams would. But when you have that, that core, that's pretty damn good start. And you just get me some pieces to know their role and fill in the rest. I mean, Juju's going to end up with over 1,000 yards this year, so you'll, you'll have 2,000-yard receivers. But, I mean, if you're talking about Jarek McKinnon, a 30-year-old running back, being your fourth receiver, and a guy who, in Nicole, who hasn't played in a month and a half, being fifth, man. Like, come on. And I know that I know that – the the Bills aren't quite on the level of the Bengals in terms of firepower, but Gabe Davis would be the number two on this team. Like, right? Like, this guy's a legit deep threat, and we've seen that up close and personal here in Kansas City. Uh, before we take a break, man, you know one thing that's been kind of lost in the shuffle, so to speak? The Chiefs, we've talked all year, league average defense, right? They've been middle of the pack in terms of points per game allowed. Last year, it was really bad at the beginning, and they worked themselves back to be a top 10 scoring defense. I'm telling you right now, man, they are damn close to doing it again. They're sitting here at 16th. They're averaging about 22 points per game allowed, but they're finishing the year against the Denver Broncos, maybe the worst offense in the NFL. They, they are. They, I think they average like... Yeah. And 15 a game. He's got 12 Something passing touchdowns. They're bad. He's got 12 passing touchdowns. He's got <laughs> just as many touchdowns as he does bathrooms. Travis Kelsey house. has as many touchdowns as Russell Wilson that is does ridiculous. as a passer. That is ridiculous. And then you're going to finish your season against the Jarrett Stidham quarterbacked Raiders. Would it shock you if the Chiefs defense comes to play? Because they're still playing for something. Even though it's an anticlimactic season, the Chiefs defense is the Chiefs team is playing for something in that You've still got a shot to get the one seed, and you have to take care of business. You can't slip up. You can't have one of those moments like you had against the Colts back in week three where you lose a game because you're just not giving enough credit to your opponent or you're just not focused enough before the game. It's not going to shock me if the Chiefs come really ready to play this Sunday and next Sunday and wind up having really strong defensive performances because last week was about as complete of a game as we've seen the Chiefs play, I think, since the Niners game right before the bye. So first things first, they just in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, they just had somebody eat a a, a spoonful of mayo. It's the most dis- on the sidelines there. Other than other than the hot it's dog eating disgusting. contest, other than the, the Nathan's hot dog <laughs> the eating hot contest, dog contest is interesting. I like is, watching that, but I'm is, I'm not watching this might someone be the eat. This second is disgusting. most disgusting eating mayo. Just a spoonful. He had a wooden spoon and just ate it out of a tub. It was gross. I had to do that at my last <laughs> job for a punishment, and I couldn't get it done. Uh, it's it's gross. Oh my god, that's not a that's mayo disgusting. guy. Um, what were we talking about again? <laughs> Sorry, oh, no, got, we need to go to break anyway. I got three it doesn't matter. The, they showed the dude again, and he's he, now he's just trying to play it off. But he ate a spoonful of mayo. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. At the Duke's Mayo Bowl. This is disgusting. Yeah, mayo is one of the five most disgusting substances I, I can, known to man. I can eat it on some things, but like I, I could never eat it straight. Like Hell straight no. up, no, no. I can eat like barbecue sauce. Uh, that's I, fine. I only like, eat it if it's like mixed into something else. Like, yeah, yeah. No, that's that was that was disgusting. It uh, completely threw me off of my Chiefs game here. And on that note. Coming up next, what's trending? And we're going to take a look at a great slate of college football games tomorrow, starting with Kansas State, who I believe could be playing for 
the best win in program history. We'll talk about it next. He's Chris Unocero. I'm Nick Schwartz. It's Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gant Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gant Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.